Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Alex. And if you're ready to unlock conversations where you can be wholeheartedly yourself, then come on in. Okay, we'll just take a little breath, just to ground to land in this space together. Deep breath in through the nose. And first, whether with your eyes, that's an ambulance. I was just about to say, allow whatever is going on in your environment right now to uh, make contact <laughs> with you. Um, whether you have your eyes open or eyes closed, doesn't matter. But anything, the, the touch of the air on your skin, the sounds, the touch of the seat beneath you, the temperature of the fabric or the material, the points at which it's supporting you, any point at which you can feel something external to yourself. And from there, see if you can hone in on the exact point where something else meets you. Maybe play around with whatever point you desire, play around with moving inside the body and feeling the outside in, and then moving outside the body and feeling what it's like for the outside to touch you. Just go back and forth, playing with the boundaries of where you are, who you are, And take a deep breath and with our amazing little spidey senses, see if you can send them out and locate the walls that are surrounding you. A judgment of how far they are away. Start with the one closest to you as that'll be easiest. And just see if you can notice the distance between you and the wall. Now move to one further away, especially behind your head. If you can locate anything behind your head, it might not be a wall, might just be another piece of furniture or another person even. Not on this call, that would be creepy, but one day if anyone ever listens to these, there might be someone behind them. And just locate the boundaries the walls around you, the safety of where you are. Allow your body to just acclimatize itself to this moment, to its surroundings, to your environment. If your eyes are closed, you can feel free to open them and allow the same to happen with your eyes. To visually allow the environment to make contact with you and that information to be processed into awareness of where you are. If you land on anything pleasurable, textures, colors, maybe movement, you can stay there for a little while before you move on. Whenever you're ready, whenever feels good, make contact with the screen, with us here together. Take a deep breath. 
And here we are. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So I'll ask you first, is there anything alive for you right now that you want to speak aloud? Yeah, I was having a little think about what would, yeah, what would feel natural to talk about on the call today. And there was a couple of things, but the biggest one that's coming up for me right now is um, how I've noticed this idea and I've felt it before in the past, but I don't feel it anymore about how as someone who's working with others, you know, as a coach or whatever, um, there's almost this idea that like it, you have to somehow be perfect or your life has to be perfect in order to be able to support other people mm-hmm. with theirs. And I just, I just want to talk about that because as you already know, Alex, I've been having a particularly challenging time recently. <laughs> lots of change, lots of getting sick, lots of um, questioning my path and all these things. And, and yet still I'm working with my one-on-one clients and being able to serve them just as well as I have done at any other point in my life. And I think it's really just important to dispel that myth about yeah, having to be continually perfect or sorted somehow yeah. as if that's possible <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're only allowed if you can if you can come through the door with this certain entry list of requirements of you've got your shit together in all ways then yeah. you're allowed to serve your clients then you're allowed to help other people yeah and I think if anything it's actually you know from my perspective it's actually uh, more powerful for for others to see that you can be doing things you love, running a business, working with people, um, earning money, even if you're not living an internal eternal summer or eternal spring. And and the idea that that's actually natural, I think if we go down this route of having to portray that we're always sorted we're always great everything in our lives is always amazing um that is actually really unhelpful it's really unhealthy because when we then work with people and their lives are not perfect all the time which is true for every single human being and every every animal or plant life like nature shows us that there is no kind of static sameness there is like highs and lows and yeah you know I think it's actually if we're portraying the idea that everything's perfect all the time and our clients are then not experiencing that then they can feel like something's wrong with them or that they should be able to attain that and um I think that ends in them you know people being put on pedestals and that kind of thing which is then really unhealthy so yeah it's just been a really interesting one for me to watch how you know, my life can be disintegrating in certain areas. And yet when I get on a call with a client, like I'm just here, like it's mm. none of that is relevant in that moment. And it just noticing how it really, really, truly does not impact my ability to be present with somebody, listen to them, 
reflect back to them ask them great yeah. questions like it's how could it yeah yeah well, you know we as you know we had the, an experience on our last call where we coach each other one goes first one goes second and you coached me first and I totally was a mess on my call not even barely able to vocalize anything get out a sentence or have any sort of coherent thought um but then following that I had to pull myself together and coach you and it probably wasn't the best I've ever coached in my life but it you know it wasn't it wasn't a I was able to do that I was able to pull myself together so I do think and I I think the there's something so sneaky in the coaching um realm about you know we've removed the label of perfection and replaced it with the label of alignment (laughs) and it's like okay if you are not in perfect alignment if everything in your in your life is not aligned in one way or another then you can't serve people or you can't show up or you can't do this and it, nothing in my life was aligned that day yeah probably nothing much in your life feels that super aligned at the moment for you and yet you're still with your clients they're still paying you mm-hmm. it's all still going on yeah exactly and I think we would we would get into this and I'm sure some people are in this place of feeling like they can't begin until these things are sorted out or you know feeling like you're not ready because you know your own life is not looking a certain way but if if that is the truth if that becomes the truth for someone then they will just never start right like they will just never start because what will happen and I've seen this in my own business sort of in the earlier stages is like you know we go through these natural cycles of um good good times and then harder times and it was like oh okay in the good times it's all great and then in the harder times it's like I can't do this I need to pull it all down I need to close everything um yeah it's just wild like we just we just never begin or we begin and then we stop and begin and then we stop and Mm-hmm. I think there's like a fine line it just feels important here to say that like if you as the space holder are really struggling there's nothing wrong with taking a break and like yeah paring, paring back a little bit I mean I haven't taken on any new clients at all when we're in July this year because of this reason like I haven't had the energy for for new clients for mm-hmm. for doing much of anything apart from serving my current clients so I think it's like just important to bring in that thing like this is not a call to you know push through or ignore your signals to take a break yeah and there's um, a lot to be said for regulating your own nervous system I mean you can't uh, there was there's a phrase that I hear all the time on my course at the moment which (laughs) is there needs to be at least one regulated nervous system in the room and it had better be yours (laughs) that and it, but it doesn't mean the same thing in terms of like something to seek, like regulating your own nervous system can literally mean taking breaths in and you can regulate yourself more thoroughly in three minutes than you can necessarily do it. It's, it's not a constant state. You know, you don't reach 
reach perfection or reach alignment or reach regulation and stay there forever. It's a constant movement. Oh, I love that because then that gives permission, doesn't it? Because t- I'm glad you said that because someone could hear this and be like, okay, I have to have my nervous system regulated all the time. And like, you know, it, it changes like literally yeah. moment by moment. So yeah, I love that. Yeah, so good. Yeah. But is it, <clears throat> what do you have any moments where you can see whether it's right now or picked yeah. out the moments from your past? of when you know that that has held you back or has changed a decision? Yeah, definitely. I think there was, do you know what? It was more just a feeling for me. It was more, I would, this is probably my first like couple of years as a coach, I was doing all the things, right? And I was like trying to make my business work and I just had this underlying feeling that the reason it wasn't happening in the way I would hope that it it would was because I was somehow just not good enough yet, not perfect enough yet, like not in alignment enough yet, all of those things. And so it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, like big decisions or moments. It was more just this underlying like static for me. Mm. And the belief, the hope that one day when I reached this perfect state of continual alignment, that then life would flow more easily. And it would be for me, you know, really manifested in looking at other people and projecting that onto them and being like, their life is perfect. Their life is easy. They never struggle. It's, mm-hmm. And that gave me, it was weird because it gave me at the time a sense of hope it gave me a sense of hope that I I could have that and it was possible yeah and the problem I see with that now is that um that hope was actually you know not not a positive experience which is a weird thing to say that we kind of feel like hope is always a good thing but I think faith is a great thing right trust is a great thing but hope for me has kind of become a different thing because hope for me feels like um trying to grasp something that isn't here right now it's like a very future focused energy um and it's not true right like the people I was putting on the pedestals the people I was saying their life is perfect how do I know that what what, by looking at their Instagram which is a highlight reel like no of course they go through things and what I'm playing with at the moment is trying to be a lot more honest about that with the people I work with with my community online and saying you know being really clear about that and it you know initially that felt like a bit of a risk right because Mm -hmm. I was like in this kind of scarcity mindset of well why would someone choose the coach who's saying yeah sometimes my life crumbles sometimes I get sick sometimes I feel like crap and I don't know what I'm doing why would they choose that coach over the coach who's saying I have a 10-step plan that you can just follow and your life will be perfect like that's so much more um that speaks to the part of us that really wants that so much more clearly but 
I just literally don't believe it anymore. And if you can show me someone who has a perfect life, then fine. But I just, I right now don't believe it's possible. And mm-hmm. even think about like great sages and think, you know, think about Jesus and be like, oh, this is like enlightened being, right? But like the suffering was real. Kind <laughs> yeah. yeah. of that humanness. So, mm. How about you? I mean, yes, definitely. And I know, you know, I'm questioning whether whether that was true hope for you, mm. or whether it was, you know, desperation. And I don't mean that negatively. I've I've been there myself in that desperation of mm. of just wanting something that someone else is portraying that they have. Um, and it's a hope that's like, it's a hope that's tainted, isn't it, with, with pain because you're not there and you don't have the business that's working. So it's not like a pure hope. It's not like, oh, you know, I have joyful hope. Yeah. But, um, but yes. And, you know, and I think I, I, re- I relate this so closely to my experiences with the word alignment because I particularly started to condense for me this feeling when I got into human design mm-hmm. and when I started researching human design and and working with human design coaches and things like that or cons- at the very least consuming their content mm-hmm. because a lot of it is based around the idea of being in pure alignment for yourself and it's all very it's not like a one-size-fits-all so it's like a different trend like you have this sort of like one-size-fits-all perfection trend of you know your life can be wonderful and glorious and then human design sort of makes you feel as though it's not a one-size-fits-all perfection unachievable because it's tailored to you as an individual and if you as an individual hit your individual criteria of perfection, then you can achieve alignment and everything in your life will flow and everything will feel good. And it really got me in, really made me um, feel as though if I was to check every box on that list, if I was to tick every underline everything that I had to do and and you have a list with human design you mm-hmm. have a list of rights and wrongs and of um, things to go for and things not to do so if I was to just do all the things on that list I would reach alignment mm-hmm. and it was it became a very uncomfortable painful experience for me when I just could not live up to those expectations and then it became a failing that I could not even become myself I could not become myself like when you see when you come through the other side and you see the the traps in that thinking and the 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 clear um spiral that it could send anyone on and I know there are some people have who have fantastically amazingly positive experiences with human design but 
it's just not something that I can vibe with because it does send me on a bit of a spiral of ticking boxes and of trying to be the best, most aligned self that I can possibly be. And it's not enjoyable. Oh my gosh. It literally like makes me cringe. Like I couldn't, when you were speaking then I couldn't help but just need to put my hands over my face because that idea of like, well, if you can just get every single center right and the thing is it keeps going right initially it's like if you can just get your strategy and authority right then you'll be good oh but once you've got that down then you can move on to your centers and once you've got all nine of them sorted out then you can move to your gates and then you can move to your circuitry and then you can move to your all the phs stuff right like it just keeps going and going and going and there's probably yeah like hundreds of like micro tweaks that you're being asked to make within that which is oh my gosh it's just such hard work yeah (laughs) like you know I don't want to like I I enjoyed my time with human design but I'm I am complete with it as well in the same way as you for similar reasons it's starting to feel more like a way to yeah try and be more perfect try and be more aligned um and that just started to feel like a lot of pressure to the point where gosh I could go on a massive human design rant right now but (laughs) (laughs) try and pull it back but you know even to the point where as a projector with a manifesting generator fiance you know the the story is you can't sleep next to him every night yes right like it's getting to the point where I'm like I need a separate bedroom from my partner who I adore like what the hell it's just it's just wild and one of the good things about it right was it helped me to to see like oh an, an emptying out process they talk about emptying out in human design and that's been really useful for me right mm-hmm. like I take on a lot of stuff from from people that's part of my conditioning mm-hmm. in this world um so emptying out was was a good thing from that but it doesn't outweigh the amount of pressure and yeah conditioning that it gave me it's crazy to me how human design is meant to be all about deconditioning but actually through that process you were deeply conditioned by the system itself yeah absolutely and if you and it it changed the way that I thought about people changed the way that I thought about not just myself and whether I was living correctly Mm -hmm. but about oh if this person is a generator then that means a certain thing and it has a certain negative connotation for me because that's like an energy that I can't be in it just and I I noticed just how quickly I wanted to like find out these things about people you know I wanted to know what their what their chart was yeah and then if like without talking to them without knowing them without really speaking and connecting with the person you can make wild assumptions about people did I ever tell you about there was a time when I discovered that someone had the exact same chart as me like lines gates vaguely remember this yeah this kind of burst a bubble with human design (laughs) for me but it's I think this was when it started to unravel because I was like really deep into it I was um you know consuming all that content all the time and there was this one particular person who I followed who would um do like chart analyses uh, on their Instagram they'd post a chart without anyone's name or anything like that and then just 
like do a little rundown of, of the chart. And I knew I hadn't given this person my chart, but I saw that it was exactly my chart. I literally took a screenshot of it and I compared all the lines and all the gates and everything uh, exactly, exactly the same. And I messaged them and I was like, oh my God, like, who is this person? <laughs> and they were like, oh, it's just, it's this person. Like, I was quite friendly with them at the time. So, yeah. you know, they weren't weird about being like, oh, it's this person, like blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I said, that's exactly, exactly my chart. And she said, that has never happened before. Like, that's very strange. Like, I wonder what would happen if you two had met. I was just like, this is no longer individually mine for a start. I mean, and I know people, you know, the whole thing is based on your birth, birth time. So people are born at the same time all the time, but they're not necessarily in the same place. I mean, they were American for a start and I was born in England and anyway all of these things and it just kind of was that little pinprick of light in the veil that it was like mm, I'm not sure this is exactly right you know I've just taken mm -hmm. this as gospel and that you know I I take everything with a bit of a pinch of salt or at least I do now I'm I love like the fascination of astrology and looking into human design and looking I've looked into gene keys I've been um you know it's all I've looked into a lot of different things and basically why I've come to the conclusion at the end of all of these different journeys is to take everything with a pinch of salt and then um, and just to not believe not take anything as gospel because it comes it becomes like religion like yeah. human design it gets like this religious quality to it where you follow certain ways of doing things even to the point of you know these you should you know wear these colors or you should do these this is where you should spend your time this is the type of home that you should live in like if you go deep into it how it prescribes your entire life yeah and I just it just didn't it stopped feeling good to me but yeah mm -hmm. yeah of course right because I guess at that level it is dogmatic mm -hmm. which is never going to feel good yeah and and, and I see where you're going with it being like religion because it is right because it, again it's a promise of if you just do all these things and you believe these things yeah. and you become this then you will reach heaven yeah right like that's basically the premise it's just taken into something else so yeah. you know decondition and then you'll just live this flowy happy life forever and um yeah, I mean, this is probably a topic for next time, but <laughs> just to note here, this feels so related to my, like, breakup with personal development and self-help. Like, <laughs> I feel like yeah. we could talk about that for a whole hour, so maybe we'll just pin that for next time. Well, to be honest, I mean, I'm happy to continue that conversation because I think it's very relevant for me. I mean, in terms of what I was going to bring up today, it was very much related very close to being because everything you know like I have as I was just saying been gone, gone through so many iterations of the type of business that I wanted or the type of um thing that I was interested in or the type of um the way that I wanted to live and 
I just feel like all of these things seem to have somehow been delivered to me via Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) And and a part of me knows that the way that I want to live my life or the way that, you know, the divine message that I want to hear is not going to be delivered to me via Instagram. (laughs) And yeah, I've noticed because I, we I'm as I was just mentioned have just come out of a few weeks of being super stressed super Mm. activated and just at the complete edge of my threshold and I know when I'm there because I spend a lot of time on social media it just becomes a, a numbing technique that I will just and actually I only notice it after I've been spending a lot of time on social media because the first thing it becomes very automatic to just open social media not even when I just pick up my phone like when I'm doing anything like if I if I get a phone call and I'm chatting to someone I always put people on loudspeaker if I'm in a private place so and then I'll go on social media whilst I'm talking to someone or I'll do it whilst I'm watching something else or I'll do it um you know, when my work phone, when instead of looking at a work email or something, mm-hmm. it just becomes so automated. And I only notice it after I've come out of the worst of it because it's just numb up to that point. And I am aware now that all of these things, all of the, the lessons that I have learned over the past few years, you know, social media can be such an amazing tool for a lot of things. And of course, it is a very powerful um, method of people sharing their inspirations, sharing their joy, even sharing their creations. It's not inherently bad one way or the other. It's just a way of us communicating. Um, but I'm taking everything that I'm learning. I'm taking like all of my lessons are coming from Instagram or from mm. something that someone has put on or from, and it feels like inspiration, you know, It feels like, um, you know, I think there was, there's been a lot said about, you know, if you open your app and the thing that you see at the top, you know, that's the message that you were meant to receive for that day or whatever. I'm like, it's fucking Instagram. (laughs) If I, if the message that I want to receive or the, the message that is meant for me for that day is going to come through like why would it come through on an app that then takes me 10 minutes to get off of it like keeps me scrolling for 10 minutes to even like think about the message like it's just not it's it's not the way I want to communicate with my god so (laughs) (laughs) I'll take another form of communication please can you call me instead Um, but yeah uh, so it's all just you know part of this Um, And I realized, so this is convoluted, but all of the decisions that I've made about my business, you know, all of the decisions that I've made about coaching, rightly or wrongly, things that I still believe or things that I've let go of, so many of them have come from Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I'm just no longer willing to be manipulated in that way anymore. And so I'm just, I'm just curious about where inspirations 
or where business decisions might come from or might be different if I was just to not and I, I've cut down so many of the, I think we mentioned this on our last recording, cut down so many of the the, thought, the things that I thought were manipulating me, the things that were obviously changing my business decisions or altering the way, like I've removed people who I followed who were talking about human design all the time for the most part, um, because I didn't want to be influenced in that way anymore. But I haven't yet, you know, replaced that method or you know there's the there's still like a void there there's still I haven't replaced a method of inspiration other than to go out obviously and walk and be inspired by the world around me Mm. I don't know where I'm really going with this other than to say that it's just so influenced my decisions and you know we're talking at the moment about um building businesses that are um that have structure and foundations. I'm taking my coaching course because I wanted more accreditation. I wanted a more, um, I wanted a framework to support my coaching more so than I had in the past. Mm -hmm. And these are all things that we're doing, I think, because we have been so manipulated and so influenced by social media that we no longer even, we couldn't, feel our businesses we can feel ourselves I said I speak for myself hope I'm not putting words in your mouth but that's um yeah we're just not willing to move forward under those foundations anymore yes yeah exactly it's so true I am because we're being conditioned all the time right like no matter where we are as these body mind systems is just how we work isn't it we take information from the world around us and we filter it through our own perceptions beliefs pasts everything and then we make that mean something and I think yes Instagram has been a big place of of that process happening and I was reminded as you were speaking then about like when I finished my coaching certification um just just after I finished the training I went to a brunch with other people you know who are part of the coaching school plus other students and um in London and I always remember at the time like I met this person who had been a coach for about a year and a half at the time um because the the group that met were just like anyone who had done that course could come. So you had people who were five years into their businesses, people like me who hadn't even started, like I just finished the course. And I remember this woman coming up to me and, you know, in hindsight, I can see that she uh, was sort of targeting me as a potential client um, because she came up to me and she was like, hi, like, are you new? And having a chat and then she was like, yeah, let's connect on Instagram. She was like, what's your handle? And I had an Instagram account at the time but I didn't even know what my handle was Mm. like I I didn't even know because that was how small the role that it played in my life at the time before I was a coach yeah and thinking about that now it's crazy right if someone asked me my handle today like I just it of course I know what it is and that is because I've been building a business on there but it was just really curious to me like Mm. there's I think 
when you become a coach, there then comes after that this indoctrination about what you have to do online. Mm-hmm. And it's so, I mean, I am I'm like still unraveling that process now. Yeah. But something I realized recently is that when I'm on Instagram, the way that I'm using it, because my clients are often similar to me, right? In in some ways they're similar to me. So when I'm on Instagram, I am not actually looking for something real. Mm-hmm. I'm not really looking for something tangible. I'm kind of just looking to like kill time, be mm-hmm. entertained. Oh, you're yeah. frozen for me. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can oh. hear you fine. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, like I'm not looking, I'm not really looking for anything real. I'm just, and so as a business owner, like I would much rather be connecting with people who are specifically looking for something you know I I want to be connecting with people who actually want coaching are looking for support are seeking that out yeah not people who are just randomly you know trying to kill time or are addicted to their social media apps and dopamine hits so it's actually not only is it like unhelpful in terms of the the influencing you were saying on the the user side like for me it's even just totally untrue that Instagram is actually a viable business tool Mm -hmm. I think it can be in connection with other things but I have I mean myself as a coach I've been definitely sold the idea that I can run my whole business via an Instagram account and even though people say things like you know don't rely on it make sure you have a backup like in case Instagram goes down you know people say Mm -hmm. things like that but the overall story is like content calendars Mm -hmm. um, well how are you getting people to your backup you know if it's not through social media like the the (laughs) same is true yeah it's just crazy like it's not even it's not helpful for me either as a business owner or as a user so yeah my my business is totally changing on that front and I know yours is too but yeah it just doesn't it's not real (laughs) yeah it really raises the question for me about how and if it is possible to ethically market your business on social media because basically what we're saying that it relies upon is taking someone from a state of consuming to making a buying decision based off of something that they've just you know scrolled past or consumed because they you know like your content that they actively follow like watch more of your things that their algorithm you know Mm. is giving you a lot of this giving them a lot of your stuff because they like to consume it so I'm just curious and I don't know the answer to this question but it's just like is it actually ever really ethical to sell in that way because you have I mean all marketing is manipulation yeah and so I'm we've wrestled with this question for a long time now (laughs) and I've wrestled with this question you know since I did my marketing degree um but whether there really is any ethical means of marketing because Mm. you have to take someone from one state to another 
via your content or via what you what you offer them yeah um, and yeah so I mean that the main really that I mean I I just I'm so I, I can't get my words out because I get so confused about this question <laughs> because the the most ethical way of selling something is to not market it and for someone to just find it and be like here you go like yes this mm-hmm. is exactly what I want but a you don't really run a business mm. like, can you run and can you run a business that makes money without marketing mm. I don't know I don't think so yeah um, well where I'm going with this at the moment I think it's a really interesting conversation it's like because I totally agree with you right if you're trying to this is why the word convert is so prolific on like Instagram and stuff isn't it because if you're marketing on Instagram then yes you absolutely have to there's a transitional conversion process for taking someone who is just scrolling wanting to be entertained to someone who is ready to purchase something from you so totally and I the way I'm going is like when I want to buy something like let's say that my fridge freezer packs up and I Mm -hmm. want to buy a new one um I don't need someone to sell that to me Uh, I just I I just do some research on you know head straight to google or I look on reviews on amazon or whatever Mm -hmm. and then I find what I'm looking for and I buy it and so like what I'm going to be exploring um (laughs) is how can how can it be that right how can yeah. it be that someone is specifically looking for a coach like me yeah and what are they where would they go because I remember being in my corporate job and I considered hiring a life coach because I hated my job and I didn't really know what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and at that time I had no idea that this whole Instagram coach world existed I was totally you know I didn't even know my handle <laughs> and um let alone like was you know involved in it to this level but I was I thought that what coaching would be was a local person it would be like therapy right I would find a local person to me in my hometown and I would go and sit in person in a room with them yeah. honestly the world has moved on since then like this was seven eight years ago or something um so people are more aware of like online practices now but you know I'm thinking like the actual people I want to work with are probably people like that who wouldn't know to come onto Instagram and look Mm -hmm. for a very niche coach you know like really because that's what you have to do on Instagram right you have to get niche and niche and niche because there's so much competition Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah it's going to be a totally different way and this is the you know this is all the shedding I've been doing recently is just like Mm -hmm. realizing the indoctrination that's happened and seeing that maybe that is a different a different way so for me it's going to happen by blogging I think Mm -hmm. good old-fashioned blogging with titles that people are actually searching for when they so there is no conversion in that it's not the same is it like if I'm searching for a fridge freezer and I find one and I buy it no conversion has really happened no the conversion would happen if you were searching for your fridge freezer and they were like and you came upon something that said you 
cannot live without this fridge freezer and (laughs) in fact uh, your life is getting worse and worse (laughs) every second that you do not own this fridge freezer that's like a panic response that's like okay yes I need to then this has to be the fridge freezer that I buy Mm -hmm. um yeah so there is and it does depend because I mean SEO has been sort of co-opted by people who are creating clickbait articles and so even in the world of type something into google and someone will come upon your stuff you are still fighting against people who are going to say that their fridge freezer is the best in the entire world and someone else needs to buy it or you know something that's like fridge freezer broke down in 10 days like (laughs) these kinds of things so you're still fighting against that and you're still not that that's necessarily a bad thing you know these things can mutually exist at the same time you can be something you can be doing something from an ethical perspective while someone is still doing something unethically um unethical marketing i don't think is going away anytime soon Uh -uh. Uh um but yes it's just a yeah, it's a it's such a it's such a big question for me about how how you do it um, yeah. or how I personally do it with um feeling good about what I'm doing. Yeah. So yeah. I wish people could just, you know, walk past my door and see mm-hmm. that there it says, you know, life coaching services in the window. You're like, oh great. I mean yeah maybe there's there's something to that right because just around the corner from me um and you've probably driven past this sign as well on the way to Henlow (laughs) there is a sign up and it's been there for literally years so this person obviously has an ongoing existing business there like counseling services and she has like a sign up just at the end of her you know garden on the road and it says like Eagleford counseling services or something so maybe there's something to that but yeah I think this is the cool thing isn't it when we get to that place where we go ah this thing that I've been told is the only route is actually not you know when there's that realization then that opens the door to all this other possibility all this like seeing and and exploring and curiosity and I think that in the past I've really got bogged down in being like frustrated and upset about the fact that this didn't work and sad and you know hurt that I was kind of guided that way by whoever yeah and I think because it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning because in order because it didn't work it's your mismatch against alignment or it's you're not reaching that perfection state yeah I'm just not doing well enough at this Mm. and if I just do it better and I sacrifice my health and energy even more then eventually it you know it makes no sense right but it somehow to the system it did make sense at one point so yeah I spent a lot of time being like really upset about that and I think I think that was a necessary process to go through but now I'm feeling like excited and inspired and curious about what could be different and one thing I think that you know is really underestimated is word of mouth um I'm at the point in my own 
life where I probably wouldn't work with a coach without someone who I trust telling me that they're a good coach Mm. I you know if I was looking to work with a coach right now I would probably go to my friends and say uh who's a great coach that you've worked with (laughs) you know tell me because I just you know that would be my way now so of course that's because I'm in the coaching industry I know to do that but you know I have a client I've been working with for years and I know that she talks to her friends about our work together so I'm like you know let's not underestimate these old-fashioned things because coaching existed before the internet did Mm -hmm. the coaching was happening prior to Instagram coaching happening (laughs) yes yeah yeah exactly exactly and was you know coaching is a separate thing from creating a multi x figure business like that's the I think that's the thing like the the industry hasn't changed the actual coaching industry at the at its core is still what we love and think of as a beautiful necessary worthwhile thing what's not and what is manipulative and uncomfortable is the building multi x figure coaching business in 10 days sort of industry because it's it's scam it's it's uh, it's a classic scam it's a classic it's such a classic scam it's it's like the um, people with a briefcase saying do you want to make a million pounds in the next four weeks (laughs) how do we how do we fall for it how do we fall for it yeah so true it's become something totally different hasn't it and I was writing a blog post recently and I was I I wrote like coaching is entirely separate from the business of coaching yeah like these two things have been smashed together way too closely for my liking Mm. and I think you know running a business is a whole different ballgame to coaching and that yeah yeah so I totally agree and to be honest you know who I mean this could go down a whole nother rabbit hole but something I've been doing is working out like but how much money is actually how much money do I actually want need desire what would actually feel supportive because we all just think like we just want more and more and more right but really really if we think about what would be beneficial and supportive to our lives often so much less I mean for me it's so much less than I thought it would be so yeah And I think over and above that amount, the thing that gets missed is our social responsibility to re-input wealth into places where it's needed. You know, so this accumulation of more and more and more is benefiting no one, not even really the person who is getting more and more. Um, But what would be incredibly beneficial is if you so happened to ethically market your way into a well as like intensely profitable business mm-hmm. that those profits get re-injected back into mm. uplifting a community that doesn't have that injection of wealth yeah. um and that that would be an amazing thing that would be a beautiful thing that would to happen if you know you just so happen to be making six figure months but <laughs> It doesn't uh, apparently what happens is we just buy more and more designer things and more and more cars 
and then we <laughs> sell business courses to uh, teach other people how to make six figures a month. <laughs> yeah, you can tell we're not bitter. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Oh my gosh, all of this stuff is totally integrated and I feel like, you know, totally <laughs> unattached to this completely. But yeah, it's... Yeah. But, that's the thing I think we we have had very bitter filled conversations about all these things what we have now got to is a much more enjoyable place of acknowledging the bitterness and then say okay what does this mean about how I want to run my business yeah yeah and and to be able to laugh about it you know for a long time Mm -hmm. I really couldn't because there's so much pain there for me like Mm. you know I, I felt and and just like you know if anyone does listen to this who's kind of still in that pain like it's all right to feel hurt I think by it because I particularly felt really yeah manipulated and um so many things so I think that yeah I mean we're at the point where we're kind of like laughing at it and poking fun at it and like I think that's great for you know for where we are but I just know that there was a point where I I was genuinely like very hurt by it so just to acknowledge that (laughs) yeah yeah oh definitely definitely and I think there is there is still there is still pain there there is still the loss of a Mm. the loss of a a dream or a hope but actually like you say it is definitely becoming more of a of an inspirational fire because I'm no we know we're just no longer willing for that to be the only route Mm. and um it looked really shiny when we were at the beginning of that road now we we see it as not really a road that we want to go down at all no and I think it you know it can just be a lot more simple is what I'm getting to like Mm. that kind of model is really complex it's really tiring yeah it really asks so much of the people doing it and behind it and you know I think that one thing we have to remember is that the people who are running these big businesses on Instagram they have a team you know they have content creators they have writers they have social media managers business managers it's I think when you see that as an individual person a a one woman business and you're trying to match that I mean I know for sure this is why I've burned out so many times by trying to emulate that kind of business without a team so yeah and just even you know the the luxury the privilege of of wealth when you have it because it's not just the fact that you're buying your designer stuff you don't have to think about where rent is coming from you know me and my partner have just moved back in with art with Jason's parents you're moving in with your parents like it's there are you have to make decisions based on um you know and we're not underprivileged or poor by any means and yet we still have to make decisions based on okay I can't afford to live in a certain way I can't afford the certain groceries sometimes that I want to buy or I can't you know I have to make different decisions and then it's just um a lot of your decision making capacity is taken up by non-business decisions yeah and then we wonder why can't I come up with 17 Instagram posts for the week (laughs) well because I've just made 17 other decisions about my life and how I survive and how um, I'm going to have a enjoyable relationship about how 
I'm going to go to work about whether or not I want to be doing my job. Mm -hmm. These are all valid, valid responses. And it's not just because we're lazy or because we Mm -hmm. don't have the imagination or anything like that. It's, it's, it's real. (laughs) Yeah, I love this. And I think it links back to the very start of our conversation around like perfection as a coach, because that's another little tricky one in there, isn't it? Of like, you're not a good coach if you're not earning a certain amount of money and that connection between being a good coach and your income level is just Mm. so untrue um I've worked with coaches that were quite honestly really shit and they were earning a lot of money Mm. and I've worked with coaches who are not even in a full-time business you know or they're just doing it on the side or whatever and they're incredible at their craft so I think that breaking down that idea of like how much you earn as a value statement of your work is just so untrue like there's so many things that that lead into that as we've said so I mean I was coaching people when I was in my corporate job I didn't even have a business and I would say I was a good coach even when I was earning no money for coaching so yeah yeah exactly exactly (laughs) okay do you have anything else that you feel like you want to share here no no I've, we have we've done it again with our internal timekeeping capacity we just <laughs> hit the that. minute perfect see we've honed our craft so good so good <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that that feels good amazing thank you